Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. tonight because th thank you very <laughs> I will be taking marriage offers after the show as all not here during the show but uh, three republicans found a little backbone this week and there there is going to be we are going to have an investigation of Brett Kavanaugh who's up at the Supreme Court as you know and the investigation by the FBI is going to last 1 week so put that on your fucking calendar Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> Your little calendar that you save and you write everything down on. And, you know, this is uh, the two ladies in the Senate, the Republicans, and Jeff Flake of Arizona. I can't believe Jeff Flake. And part of... They say maybe... Did you see this? Maybe he was turned around because he was confronted when he was getting on the elevator. Did you... Watch, show a little bit of that video by somebody who had the guts. That's what you're telling me right now. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You're telling me that my I, uh, I haven't seen a guy take it in the elevator like that since <laughs> Beyonce's sister kicked Jay-Z in the nuts. <laughs> oh, and then they tried cornering Lindsey Graham, but he, but he got away because he's familiar with the back door. He, <laughs> Come on, Republicans have a lot of trouble with women. That's a sausage party in the Republican <laughs> Party. They know. So you know what they did? They hired a female prosecutor to ask the questions to Professor Ford. It's like when a mobster thinks there's a bomb under his car, he makes his wife start it. <laughs> you go out there and do it. But, you know, her testimony, when someone's being real, it shows. It reads, even conservatives had to admit it was compelling and credible. It was so compelling and so credible. Uh, during it, Brett Kavanaugh tried to turn up the music. That... <laughs> Crazy. Uh... <laughs> but uh, this was a very different Brett Kavanaugh. He came out swinging like his penis at a college party. Uh, <laughs> No, that, well, that's, 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 well, there's a sex, he's, this stuff happened so fast in this last week. We remember at uh, the, the beginning of the week, you had a second accuser, uh, also rather credible, who said this was at Yale, he was at a party there, and said she was drunk, and he dropped his pants in front of her and exposed himself. I mean, imagine opening your eyes and seeing that dick. <laughs> and then he pulls out his penis. <laughs> 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 
This was a totally different Brett Kavanaugh than the one who we saw testifying like a week before. Totally different. Angry, volatile, bitter, belligerent. Because nothing says I'm not capable of violent assault like flying into an unhinged rage. That's <laughs> always a good strategy. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that the Supreme Court will now be eight bookish law nerds and the Hulk. That's the good... <laughs> but, uh, no, really, if that was a divorce hearing, she would have gotten the kids. That's how I <laughs> looked at it. And, 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 you know... Why did Kavanaugh suddenly act that way? Because Trump told him to! <laughs> Because Trump didn't like that he was being meek and, you know, good Brett. He likes bad Brett. He wants someone in his image, so he gave him whiny little bitch lessons. <laughs> and that's what we saw. This, and you know what? We have the evidence. His yearbook and everything. This choir boy act happened. I was like, you know, I spent my high school years concentrating on my, my friendships in church. <laughs> it's a lot about church. You know what defense doesn't work so great anymore? I can't be a sex criminal. I'm a Catholic. <laughs> you know. It's like saying I couldn't have met Russians. I was at Trump Tower. <laughs> but yeah, he's going on about it. He has many friendships with women. He's helped many women and supported them and helped them with their careers. <sighs> you know, and he also says he's a big supporter of Me Too. In fact, when someone is ordering drinks, he always says, Give Me Too. <laughs> because, I mean, I don't know if we could say he's definitely a rapist. I think that's too far, but he is a fucking liar and a drunk. <laughs> definitely a drunk. Not, maybe not now, but even in this testimony, he mentioned beer a lot. I mean, a lot. I like beer. Do you like beer? I just finish a beer. Do you have any beer? <laughs> I thought he was going to ride out on a Clydesdale. I... <laughs> half, half of his yearbook entries are about drinking and getting shit-faced. He's in Keg Club and Ralph Club. And if he gets on the court, skip the robe, give him a toga. This guy is a partier. <laughs> but he might not. He might not get on. That's at least the glimmer of hope we have for one week. He might not. For one week. For one week, you can look your kids in the eye and say America is not a country that puts a predator on the Supreme Court. In the White House, sure, but not the Supreme Court. <laughs> All right, we got a great show. Max Brooks, Evelyn Farkas, and April Wyatt are here. And a little later, we'll be speaking with our good friend Neil deGrasse Tyson is backstage. <laughs> All right. But first up, look. I know you're not a fan of this guy, but be nice. He is one of the most influential person around today. He is the former White House chief strategist for President Trump. Steve Bannon is over here. Steve Bannon. Hey, that's not so bad. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. All right, Steve. Well, it took a lot of prepping to get the audience to be that nice to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm going to say to you what I always say to conservatives when they come here. First of all, thank you. I appreciate it, and it says volumes why the Republicans are in power and we have none. Hillary Clinton never came here. Maybe she'd be president if she was a little more confident. Big time. Yeah, 
So, and, <laughs> and I know that, uh, you know, you had a little event there at the New Yorker. They had a festival. In fact, I want to read Malcolm Gladwell's quote because they were going to interview you, yep. and then you were disinvited. I've been disinvited many times, by the way. It's a good club. <laughs> and Malcolm Gladwell said, call me old-fashioned, but I would have thought that the point of a festival of ideas was to expose the audience to ideas. <laughs> if you only invite your friends over, it's called a dinner party. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they chased me for, uh, you know, David Remnick chased me for a year to be on his podcast, and he came to me and said, hey, we'd be honored if you were in this festival of ideas. I said, fine, I don't want compensation, but I like going into hostile audiences with tough interviewers. I mean, you know, I do very little conservative media now. I do CNN, BBC, right. you know, the, the yeah. economists. I go to the toughest places, toughest, toughest interviewers, and say, hey, no holds barred, right. hostile audiences, let's get it on. And again, that's why the Republicans are in power. So let me ask you about... I think it does sharpen, the, it sharpens the blade. It does. Um, let me pick your brain about the Democrats, because you're okay. a strategist and you got your boy elected, but no one said that could happen. Donald Trump got himself elected. Um, Steve, I, would just, I, just, I just showed up and kind of realigned. Know, I, I don't want to get on this, but you, first you were crazy about Sarah Palin, and then you were crazy about Donald Trump. I think you look for morons who are empty vessels <laughs> that you could put more ideas in. You, you... Steve, every he, single person no. in the administration has called him an idiot. That's what you look for. I get it. No, no. By the You're way, not by, an by idiot. By the way, by the way, so we'll get into it. As you get into his uh, economic war with China, as you see what he's doing to realign the world's economy, look, did, did he go to uh, Harvard Kennedy School? Does he speak in the vernacular of the elites of this world? No, he speaks in a very plain-spoken vernacular, but he's incredibly smart. It's, he, he is. I'm, I'm not... It's not his syntax that I'm worried about. It's... <laughs> did, you, did you see his press conference this week? He says crazy shit that no one thinks is true. You don't think it's but here, true. No, but here's the power of the press conference. No other gutless Republican would go into that lion's den for an hour and 20 minutes and take all the incoming. He, he stood up for Kavanaugh more than any of these guys did, and I think it's one of the things that empowered Kavanaugh to go into on, on Thursday and, and to take on the Democrats. If Trump had not done that, you know, and he, by the way, he did have some he did have some answers that were not the standard answers. But look, he's got his he's got it's, his it's own. It's not about his, standard. He, no, no. It's about reality. He has he, his he's own house. Divorced style. from reality. Thank you. Oh, we must have done good. We must have done good. Neil deGrasse Tyson, what can we do to fight against the anti-intellectual movement in America? I I I blame some of that on the the attitude that so many intellectuals had towards those who were not as smart as they were. Mm -hmm. We have a long history of just smart people discounting the views and the opinions and feelings of those who are not as well educated, and that can really piss off an entire demographic. So, at least I, as an educator, I, I try to not distinguish one, I just bring everybody with you together to empower their critical thinking. But some people don't want to learn. No, you have to admit that. Well, no, you sound like the teacher who say these students don't want to learn, rather than indict your own teaching habits as failing. Okay. Well, there's, it's some of both. It's some of both. It's some of both. I mean, you know, you can't let everybody off the hook. It's not like everybody's a good person. Then you try harder with them. I mean, I, I don't, I, I can't. As an educator, I can't accept that. So you think you could teach Donald Trump something? You no, I can. Well, no. <laughs> no, really. 
I mean, that's a, okay. this, this, because this is like guys and dolls. It's a bet. Right, right, you right. pick anybody, and I can teach. All right, right. Donald Trump. Okay. I will bet you a thousand dollars. You cannot teach Donald Trump that the stealth bomber is not literally invisible. No, no. A thousand dollars. What so, say? So we will meet at Lindy's tomorrow. People, people are thinking that that mm. teaching is handing someone information to replace information that they had mm. that is false. Correct. That's an aspect of teaching, but it's not the fundamental dimension of it. It's getting a person to understand why their thoughts are wrong to begin with. Mm. And then they, okay. it's their own epiphany. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you could... I mean, he's not going to have an epiphany because... Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, right. Here's what I would tell him. Right. I, I would say, look, Donald, Donald, um, innovations in science and technology are the engines of tomorrow's economy. Mm. And they will drive our health, our wealth, and our security. If you invest in science well, and technology like today, that will be the country that you always wanted it to be. And he'll say, that's why I'm ab abolishing Obamacare. Yeah. But <laughs> I, that's, the I first, that's the first thing he'll say. Get to the part about me. Yeah. But it's, it's not anti-intellectualism. I think it's anti-science, anti-empirical truth. That's yes. the bigger, the that's bigger right. danger. Yeah. Because, because we are not taught in school what science is and how and why it works. What we're taught is a satchel of facts. Yeah. And then right. you spit it back in the test and you move on to your next class. Science is a way of querying the world. It's a way of knowing what is true and what is not and establishing the objective reality in which we all must function. Yeah. If you don't have those capabilities and you but gain power, Oh, my gosh. Right. That's the beginning of the end of an informed democracy. And there is a large section exactly. of this country that is not, excuse me, interested in objective reality. You get them and, and, You get them. Well, and they're not okay. critical thinkers as well. well. Yeah. And you have to reach they, them where they, they are. Don't... And it's sometimes... It's I, and you're right. Okay, you know, what's up? No, no. I, da, da, da. I, oh, boy. My, oh, I, I didn't, he doesn't I like, he have he to doesn't go like this. He doesn't okay. like this. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to have to go. But let me just say. Going down. Okay. One of my two books that are on the bestseller list right now All has right. been on the bestseller list for 71 weeks. All it's, right. it's been a court, listen, it's been a court bobbing in tide waters of Trump books that have come and gone. How this, do I get my Whether or not I wrote that weeks. book, it is a okay. science book on okay. the bestseller list, I, okay. and that gives me hope okay. that somebody out okay. there okay. cares about an objective okay. reality. Okay. How many, how many, uh, how many copies does a bestseller sell these yes. days? So it, it's highly variable. So well, just about how many copies has this sold? <laughs> just tell me. The science total, of bestselling. Yes. No, no. The total number is not what the bestseller. Just tell me is. how many copies the book has sold. In total. Yes. Yeah, a million and change. A million. Really? A million. Yes. Out of a country of 320 million. Yeah. Okay. So it's still not a lot other of people. Other people read who English. Are, yeah. What? Other people in other countries read English. Yeah. I know, but we're talking about America. Oh, okay. I want to say okay. this country, because I'm an American. It's in 60 translations, also, right. even if you don't yeah. read English. But, but, we're, not, but, but we're talking about point. America. Okay, now. here's the point. It is in a sea of Trump books that come back and forth. So if you're going to talk about popular books, it's sitting there in the middle of Woodward's book on fear and, and, yeah. and, and, and all of these. Yeah, there is always a small percentage of people who will be bright. Let's a million? Okay. <laughs> I'm liking the number a million. Yeah, I like it too, uh, but it's one three hundredth of the country. Uh, April Ryan, do you th <laughs> was my point. That was science, that was math. April, yeah. Do you think we should bring back the equal time rule? Yes. Mm. Yes. And what is that? Um, the equal time, well, first of all, um, let me break it down in science. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, my brother. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, basically... <laughs> Sorry you wasted that tender line on me. Huh? <laughs> so, okay, so, so for, for you, for those of you who don't know, uh, remember when President Trump, then-candidate Trump, was calling on Morning Joe when he liked Joe Scarborough... Yes, I do. ...Mika yep. and every sure. all the other networks? Mm -hmm. Well, you didn't hear the other candidates calling in. They could have, because the equal time rule is gone. It's, a, it's, it's gone. They have not reinstated. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like, if so he... If, if, if he he they could have done it as well. Like, if there was a rule, that, if there was the rule still in effect, right? The, President Trump would be on the air, and they would have to give the mm. equal, equal time, time to other candidates. I see. That is no longer effect, and that's one of the reasons why he won. Donald Trump won. Yeah. That free advertising. He owned he, the airways. He, he took he, advantage. He owned, owned the airways. But my question and is, then... Bill. Why didn't the other candidates have the chutzpah to go in and say, right. let me do this? It was like they were scared. No. Donald Trump played the street There's game. A lot and of... He won. And You're they, right. They were into this thus thou, there art, wherefore. They said, this is not how it's done. <laughs> and he played this street game. Thus I mean, thou, where, where therefore, yes. where, where art thou. thou. Yes. Okay. That's everybody. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Evelyn, how should America deal with Russia post-Trump? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, if, if there is a post-Trump... I mean, I think the way that his administration, that is to say everyone but him in our government, is trying <laughs> to deal with Russia, yeah. which is firmly is spelling out to Russia that if they continue with this really horrible behavior, you know, invading other countries, occupying them, messing with our elections, continuing to mess with our elections, poisoning and killing people in other countries, um, you know, I mean, I can go on and on. There's a list of, like, 20 things. If they keep doing all that stuff, then... Mostly our elections. Them. Mostly our elections. That Thank to me you is so much, much more. I, Ukraine. You I hope you're it? happy, but I, yeah. I don't care as much about Ukraine as I do about fucking with our elections. I'm with is you. A major. I'm with you. That's like way up here, and then the rest right. of it. Sorry yeah. about the poison. Well, well I will. I will that's, say though a word about it's Ukraine. It's an attack on our country. Yes. Yeah. But Ukraine is also an attack it's, on America in as much as it's an attack on the right of a country to say, I'm a sovereign country, we, the sovereign Ukrainian people, want to be associated with NATO and the European Union yes. and the West, and we want to be democratic, and we don't want this guy in the Kremlin telling us how to live our lives. Yeah. So the answer to your question is... I wouldn't send troops for it, but we should be stronger in... And, and right. we didn't. I mean, we sent okay. troops to train them. Um, I think... So what do we, we need, do? So we need to do more of the firm stuff, because they won't cooperate with us until until we are sufficiently right. across the board, consistently firm, all the way up to the president. You know who's cooperating? Russian and American astronauts on the space station. <laughs> yes. Of course. They're in space. Yeah. What, are they going to fight in space? <laughs> well, they've got the, they've got the overview effect. Well, they look down. They don't see the okay. co color-coded yeah. countries. I, okay. yeah, I, I know. They're okay. fighting over their but, the floating yes. food yeah, and yeah, that's right. all that that's, stuff. That's, yeah. But I will tell okay. you, I, I, no, can't, I can't go too far on this. Um, and I'm, I'm, can I call you Neil or Dr. Tyson? Most, no. Dr. Neil. Dr. No. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but they are, they are, it is a troubled world up in space with Russia and China. I'll just leave it at that. Right. So the space yeah. station is one thing and commercial space is one thing. Maybe it'll lead and the morality into the future. Right. Space yeah. junk. We gotta get rid mm. of that. Yeah. Ma <laughs> Max, what do you think people are fascinated, why do you think people are fascinated with doomsday dystopian futures? Well, I mean, I think there, there's always this fear, especially in America, because I think there's something very deep about our isolationism. And we're always, you know, remember, we, most of us came from someplace else. Sure. And we escaped 
a lot of us escaped hardship. Our ancestors escaped hardship to come here. And there's always a subconscious fear that what we escaped will one day find us. Mm. And I think that's why there's always this terror, particularly because when times are even good, you have an explosion of post-apocalyptic movies, TV, video games. So many movies about after the bomb went off. Right. And it's horrible, and it's scary, because, like I say, movies do come true. It's always there. And, and if I can go back to what you said about Russia, I think something happened recently that we need to be very aware of, is that the Russians just rioted because Putin raised the level of retirement, when you can retire. I think it was 65. Average Russian man dies at 66. And what that did is it exploded the myth that Russians will be able to sacrifice for the motherland and pay any price. Right. And that's been the idea that, oh, no, no, we can take the pain. Russia will be invincible. And that's bullshit. We can hurt them. We can make them bleed. And the Russians have been fighting in the gray zone. They've used economic warfare, right. information warfare, cyber warfare. We don't do any of that. We used Voting to warfare. do it. Right. And it's time to get back in the game, and it's time to make Ivan bleed. Here, here. All right. Thank you, panel. Let's end on that. Happy <laughs> New <laughs> Thank you, folks. All right. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.